A few of my friends have come to me recently and asked, Dan, where do I go to get my podcast started? Every time, I send them to Anchor. Best part about Anchor, it is 100% free. Anchor will distribute your podcast to platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. They can connect you with sponsors if you're into that kind of thing. And they also have a ton of useful tools such as sound beds, transitions, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everybody, welcome to the premiere episode of Pucks and Potables. We were not kidding. This is a real podcast. This is the Flyers and Beer Podcast, part of the Podcast Potables Network. And for the first episode, I thought I should find somebody who knows hockey a hell of a lot better than I do. So I've got my friend Mason Engling here. He is the drummer for In the Presence of Wolves, which also works out for us, being that they are the music we use for the podcast. Mason not only being like the nastiest drummer in the world, is a very knowledgeable, like, you know hockey way even beyond the, the Flyers. The on, but, dude. Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, but also a Flyers fan. So, so, Mason, thanks for coming on. I'm thanks excited to talk, talk some hockey with you, man. Yeah, same here. Very excited. So this, is, this isn't going to be because it's the first time we're doing this, and, and this is, does stem from the fact that, you know, Flyers fans really seem like they are hungry to have more people talk about this team. We're going to give them what they want. We're going to talk about this team. So I just want to talk big picture for the most part, unless you have anything specific, which we can definitely get to. But just talking about where this team is right now, we're obviously talking about this at probably what will end up being the peak of their season Mm -hmm. unless they make a crazy playoff run, which Mm -hmm. per some of the numbers out there, they are actually really putting the Flyers up there as teams that have a good percentage chance mm-hmm. to, to make noise and, and make a run, but we'll, we won't put the, uh, <laughs> the cart in front of the horse. But I guess just starting off, you know, like as a fan of the team, as a guy that watches this team, you know, what are the things that you see regularly and especially on this nine-game winning streak that they weren't doing last year that they are doing this year? Like what have they done to right this ship in such a quick amount of Dude, time? Consistency. Absolutely. Um, I think if you had told me in November that we would be first in the Metro, I, I would think you would be insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like Phillies fans who every year say that they can win the East or the division and, and it's not, it's not yeah, going to oh, be close for a while. Oh, this is our season yeah. and everything, you know. Um, but, but, I mean, even if you told me that over the summer, like, you know, there's a lot of hype about Kevin Hayes right now, of course, you know, and rightfully so. Because, um, I mean, he, now it's turning out to be, holy shit, a great pickup. Right. But myself... Other, you know, uh, other oh, fans that I'm friends them. with. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, Kevin Hayes, he's always coming from Winnipeg. Great, you know, like there was just, there was nothing exciting there, like especially for the money that they were paying mm-hmm. him. It was just like, oh, you know, not to make it as big as it is, but it was going to be another Ilya Brzezgalov, it seemed like. Yep. Oh, he's getting, you know, a pretty solid contract for what in return. But, I mean, it's it's paying off and it's it's showing and it's And off the ice, too. I think his off the ice, like, Dude, yeah. contribution can't be spoken of enough. I didn't, I don't know if I ever really had heard that much about him, even when they made the signing mm-hmm. about him being this kind of a locker room guy. But like, yeah. it really seems like that's where, 
even if the numbers weren't there, which they are, Dude. especially as of late, it, it seems like his presence in that locker room is huge. That's really important. Every team needs a guy like that, you know, and to, and to realize that it's him is, you know, uh, it's, it's worth the money for sure, you know. Um, but even like, you know, not just like the team themselves, but if you look at the, like the Metro division, if you would again told me that the, the Flyers were going to be first, again, I would think you were insane. I, funny, and I, I might may, maybe look, look like an idiot here, but I really thought like the Devils were going to be like a team to be, you know, you know, forced to be reckoned with, you know. Um, you know, with like, you know, pickups like Subban, um, you know, obviously jealous that they got like Simmer and stuff. But then, you know, you see them like come out of the season and it's like fucking garbage, you know. Um, I was surprised they even beat the, the Rangers, uh, you know, uh, the Saturday night. Yeah, you know? the Rangers are falling apart. It's it's bad. But even even with Zibanejad, though, that, that five-goal night, I mean, that's that's still something to, to talk about. And even talking to a, you know, a Ranger fan that I know, they're still stoked, you know. It's like... You know, we're only a month out and everything, anything could happen. While that's true, I mean, I don't think the Flyers are anybody to really, uh, you know, be, you know, uh, taken unseriously, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny because when I was trying to look up, you know, so, uh, at who these other teams ahead of us or around us have, and you bring up Zibanejad mm -hmm. as one of these guys, and obviously Washington being the team that we're tied with right now at the mm -hmm. Metro, the one thing when you look at the Flyers compared to these other teams is that all these other teams have, at, like, two if not three guys mm -hmm. that are like heavy points guys like goals assists the whole thing they're putting up crazy numbers the flyers only have two guys in the top 50 mm -hmm. or they have three guys in the top 50 in points which is konechny mm -hmm. katoria and voracek mm -hmm. where like zabatajev for the rangers him and panarin are, are 13th and 5th respectively mm -hmm. washington has carlson and ovechkin 12th and 20th respectively mm -hmm. This week, we're going to see Boston and Tampa. Boston mm -hmm. has Pasternak and Marchand, third and sixth, respectively. Tampa has Kucherov, Stamkos, and point seventh, 18th, and 23rd, respectively. All these mm -hmm. guys have two to three, like, top-tier talent as far as numbers go. Mm -hmm. The Flyers don't really have anybody up there. It's like a full-team mm -hmm. effort. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, w one formula is better than the other come playoff time and going mm -hmm. for a cup? Do you think you need that that top end talent, and that could be a problem for them, or do you think that this balanced attack could could give them an advantage over some of these teams that don't have the depth? I mean, it was funny. I was talking to um, you know a, a buddy of mine again about this with the you know the trade deadline that that happened. I was like, it was really selfish of me, but I was thinking like, oh well, they should get like one more guy, you know, one more goal scorer. I guess you could say. Um, no, like another really, depth piece, or were you looking for them to make like a, a bigger more, win now? More of, like a front, more of like a front end kind of piece. But in reality, the, the, our team has a lot of depth, you know, which I don't think we've had for a really long time. There's been guys that like you've liked in passing here and there and stuff, but this is this is this is a, a deep team, you know, I, I, and we haven't had that in a long time. Now you're you're mentioning you know a, a lot of these lead guys and everything for for Boston and Tampa, but those are still teams that have a lot of depth, you know, so. They're, yes, they have these top guys, but they're still forces to be reckoned with, you know, come, come if, if we, you know, actually do meet them in the playoffs. Well, they're gonna, we're going to find out this week, too. Tomorrow night, mm -hmm. Boston comes to Philly, and then Thursday, Philly goes to Tampa. So yeah. we have to run into both of them back-to-back. Back. They're, they're key games, and they're, they're confidence boosters if they can get one of those wins. Yeah. yeah. If they split those, I think you don't see any drop-off in the hype. If they lose exactly. them both, like— Obviously, it's not going to end the season or anything, mm -hmm. but it's definitely going to kill the, this hype and momentum a little bit. Oh, absolutely. They, they don't need, like, if, if tomorrow night the win streak breaks, but they beat Tampa mm -hmm. in Tampa on Thursday, I think everyone's still completely mm -hmm. okay, or vice versa even. They Agreed. get to a 10-game win streak, and it falls off in Tampa against a top team in the conference. Like, you live with mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
One of the other things I was curious about, because I thought this was interesting, you know, kind of getting into the hype of it, was obviously that game against Washington like a week ago, which was pretty much like put the Flyers into the tying mm-hmm. position. I think at that point they actually ended up like we're leading them by a point. Now yeah. it's kind of on the seesaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, or whatever I know right Don't now. Take this away from me. They're still in first. Damn it. Sure. <laughs> right. Not the point. Yeah, the, yeah. The point was I think there was a lot of conversation over the fact that they gave Brian Elliott the start to that game, mm-hmm. and for the for the season, Hart is definitely far and away the better goalie as far mm-hmm. as the numbers is. We know he's the future of the mm-hmm. team. He's a franchise goalie, a tremendous talent already. He's only twenty one, I think. Yeah. Do you think that was just like? That's just how the schedule kind of played itself out. Do you think that was a, you know, the game has a lot of hype to it and they just wanted to give it to the veteran? Or I, mean, I, I can't say that I know enough about, like, you know, scheduling or anything like that. But, you know, Elliot, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't come up when you really need him to, or at least, you know, he hasn't, you know, um, in, in past games. But he is at the same time, you know, a more senior level dude. And um, if a game like that is, you know, the pressure's on, you know, Carter Hart might not be the best choice for that, you know, according to Vigneault. But I, I can't say for sure, you know. Um, I don't know if they talked about it in interviews or anything like that. But, I mean, it could be a couple of different factors. And obviously, it paid off. And, and I, I say, like, you know, he doesn't come up big. He has come, he has sure. come up big in, in, you know, several occasions, you know. But compared to Carter Hart's performance, you know, in the latter part of this season, yeah. you know, it's it's night and day, you know. Well, and so that leads me to to another question that I have, because obviously now they're gearing up for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And again, being more of a casual observer at times, that kind of thing makes me wonder, because we as Flyers fans in general, I feel like no matter who the GM or the or the coach or anybody has been, for mm-hmm. some reason this franchise seems to have a historical tendency to rotate goalies even mm-hmm. in the playoffs instead of riding a guy and letting him go. And obviously Carter Hart is the significant talent mm-hmm. here. Do you think that a move like that indicates the idea that like there may be a kind of a rotation in the playoffs? Or do you think that at the end of the day they are going to let Carter Hart win or lose the, this season for them? My my heart hopes <laughs> pun. My heart pun hopes intended. that they uh, you know that they that they ride that they ride Hart, you know, um, and maintain that consistency. But, you know, throughout the past few years, not just with the Flyers, but all throughout the league, you have it's it's not like the old days where you'd ride a goalie, you know throughout the entire season and the backup might play two or three times that entire year. You know, you have, um, you have goalies cycling out a little bit more. Um, and I don't know if it's really like a psychological thing or if it's just a, you know, load management kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but that's, that's kind of the norm now. So, but when it comes to playoff time, you, you really hope that they're going to ride, you know, ride out the best goalie, you know, and right yeah. now, it's Carter Hart. Yeah. That's what I mean. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if it's just this, uh, you know, subconscious thing from mm-hmm. past years of seeing them never really trust the guy and, mm-hmm. and guys getting the leash pulled and whatnot. Um, so, like, if they ride Carter Hart, if they say, like, this is your show, let's go, mm-hmm. do you think that based on his age and, you know, he has had some success, but he's also had, you know, a little bit of either injury mm-hmm. history or, or up and down performance, mm-hmm. that do you think the leash is going to be pretty long for him? Or do you think that they're, like, you know, if they come out, like, let's say in a first-round series, they come out 0-2, do you think there's a good chance that, you know, they, they pull the string and go to Elliott as the veteran and a guy that has had some success? Or do you, do you think they might let Carter Hart just, you know, mm-hmm. go for it and, and, and learn from it, if anything? I mean, uh, again, I have my, I have my hopes that they, that they let Carter Hart learn. I mean, because that's, that's the way goalies do it, right. you know. Um, you, you put them in it, and, 
you know, you, you see what happens. Take the lumps. You know? Exactly. You know, um, now that's that's sort of like a long term kind of thing. If they're trying to win this now, then yeah, they might they might you know pull they, they might pull them and, and bring Elliot in into a situation. But that's where they kind of have to think. All right, is Elliot going to be our guy? You know, for this game. You know, so. I know you meant you were talking about you know goalies and like load management and stuff too. And, and to your point with their depth, I saw something too about how like Couturier is playing. I think almost two less minutes a game this season. Giroux, I think, is playing like two less minutes a game this season. Mm-hmm. Like they should have those guys like fresh and more available than Absolutely. you know in prior years where they've had to run those guys up and down just to be the eight seed. Mm-hmm. And we saw you know like two or three years ago they opened in like an eight one against Washington and just get smacked in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And and that that should not be the case. Obviously, I mean right now they're they potential might even have home ice yeah. for a first round series which is crazy to Finger, think about fingers crossed fingers crossed know? for sure so so kind of back to my original question we touched on a lot of points but i don't think we really like answered the question so mm-hmm. like is, is is there one specific area you think you can credit the most being the difference whether that be the coach a specific kind of play style the special teams or the depth or just like the goaltending or anything that like really is the difference in this team fighting for a division instead of a wild card it's it's a few different things man i mean obviously you can you can attribute it to goaling uh goaltending but um you know passing has just been it's been a conundrum the past few years like watching them you know you know work both ends of the ice has been a pain in the ass like how many times can i watch a fucking dump and chase you know that that was that was the phrase for years (laughs) yeah you know dump and chase dump and chase everybody hates it we don't understand why they keep doing it it doesn't work it it, you know and 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 it it's situational It, it, it it can work but it can't be your only option you have to be eclectic in the way that you play and, you know, from what I've seen, there really hasn't been that, you know, right. and until now. Recently. Yeah, now they have different style. Oh they they, God, grind, they I mean, grind out games. But there's a there's a finesse there that hasn't been there in a long time. You know, you can say, like, oh, well, no, they've had Drew, you know, on breakaways and stuff. But finesse as a team has not been there. You know, there's clean passing. I mean, it's I mean, the the, the one b- behind the, you know, the, the kick pass from oh the other night. God. dude. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that from the Flyers in a long time. I never saw you know? something like that ever. Dude, yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 something that hasn't been in the team, you know, if ever, but really a long time, you know? It's exciting. It's exciting hockey, and it hasn't been around since, like, 2012 for the Flyers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's probably the last time you can really say that. One of, one of the other stats that I, I kind of pulled out that I was very impressed with, and I think this speaks to the depth, but it also speaks to not only having depth of just talent, but the fact that almost like every line is a solid two-way line mm-hmm. is, is the plus minus of, of these guys, and especially as of late. I think mm-hmm. as a team, I think they're like plus 38 now in the season or something, but mm-hmm. four flyers in the top 50 in the league in plus minus. Couturier is 18th who, like, literally since they drafted him, has been probably my favorite flyer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Philby Myers is 33rd, a plus 17, who's a name that I'm sure, like, a lot of casuals <laughs> aren't even all that familiar with. No. 33rd in the NHL at plus 17. Jake Voracek surprised the hell out of me being on this list Dude. at plus 15. But I've heard on a couple different podcasts that I've listened to this week about the fact that, like, a guy that really used to be like just trying to get his shots off and like a turnstile the other way is really like kind of at least giving effort and that like mm-hmm. that's all you ask for especially from a guy that you do know as Dude. more of an offensively focused player yeah is that he is at least like establishing like where he's supposed to be he's reading passing lanes a little bit better yeah. and 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 it shows in something like that not to mention like for the past couple of years my you know my my sore spot with him has been him at the blue line on the power play like how many times has he missed the pass and it's gone past you know yeah like that that 
that irked me. Like, then get him the fuck away from the, the blue line at that point, you know? Um, I but, think to that point, some, something, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but something I've noticed on their power play that, that I love because I feel like it's something they hadn't done for a long time, and this is, like, a joke we make about Flyers fans, too, mm-hmm. but as much as we, we ripped the fans for this, it was a legitimate problem is that their power play just lived at the blue line, and, and it's kind of, we, mm-hmm. we're obviously a Sixers podcast most of the time, right. and <laughs> one of the things we complain about a lot this season for the Sixers is, like, there are so many times on offense where all five guys are outside the three-point mm-hmm. line, and it's like, this team was built with size, they have Joel Embiid, they have Al Horford, like, get yeah. those guys down near the rim, yeah, the and doing? it's the same right. thing in hockey, like, so much of success with goal scoring is having somebody screen, is getting mm-hmm. the puck close to the net, mm-hmm. and in past seasons, it would just bounce blue line, blue line, blue line, and all the mm-hmm. fans would start screaming, shoot, shoot, because nothing's happening. Right. This season, I see so much action going toward the net. They really seem to, and, and I know in past years, they've tried to get Drew down mm-hmm. toward the net in like that corner behind the net and stuff, but like mm-hmm. nothing ever really came of it. Mm-hmm. And this season, there's so much action, there's so many people just like kind of diving to the it's- net. It goes back to that finesse thing again. I mean, they've really finessed out that that power play because, yeah, like you said, it used to be you know. All right, and they're the twelfth the best power play in the league. Now. Yeah, get it to get it to Ghost. You know, he'll he'll lay off lay on a slap shot if it hits the net. Great. If not, eh, we tried. And you know? outside of his rookie year, it hasn't really hit the net. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it, and it's a shame because he's got a great shot, and and so does Voracek too. Sure. But yeah, I mean, you know, pl- you you can play the back end all you want, but you do have three other players back, you know, um, in the front that you can. You know, as as long as their positioning is right, yeah. I mean, you get it to them and everything, but um, yeah. I mean, there's there's again, there's been a finesse in in not just the power play, but you know, I mean, all of their play. You know, it's just been amazing getting to watch them this season. And when when you talk about finesse, and and especially since you rarely see it from guys who play defense, I like Ivan Provorov is another one of my favorite Dude, players. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, like was super high on him as soon as they drafted him. And the same with Couturier, like, there was a lot of things that you were pretty sure he was going to be able to mm-hmm. do, but obviously, you know, you don't know how they're going to adapt their game to their weaker spots. Yeah. Provorov not only is the guy that spends the most time on the ice on their penalty kill, which mm-hmm. they have the 10th best penalty kill in the NHL, yep. he spends the second most time on the ice on the power play mm-hmm. and has been, like, a, a really good offensive defenseman as well as pretty much their best defensive defenseman. Yeah. Like, I think you can't say enough, like, when I was talking to you before we came on here, I, I was talking, so like NHL.com has this trophy tracker, mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot of good defensemen in this league, and right. he's still got to earn his due. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know much about like NHL advanced defensive metrics or where mm-hmm. Proveral would rank there, but mm-hmm. I can guarantee that just like overall, like he's probably being completely underrated as one of the mm-hmm. better defensemen in the league this season. I think he's taking a significant jump on the offensive end for mm-hmm. sure, yeah, while still anchoring a defense that has come a long way from what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, and <laughs> I, I kind of I hate to get on like my soapbox here, but I feel like Go I mean, yeah, it, obviously this is this is more like you know um, metric based and everything like that. But I mean, it's happened to the Flyers in the past. They've been overshadowed for you know for certain trophies and everything like that. You know, um, my I, I I don't know if, how much it pertains to this, but I go back to um, you know Dave Pullen and Steve Eiserman, You know, in the '80s, so Steve Eiserman comes in his rookie year. Um, and, and dominates, you know, he scores a few more goals than Dave, or actually he gets a few more points than Dave Pullen does. Dave Pullen, you know, you know, legendary flyer, um, he, uh, he comes into the league at age 26, just a few points under, um, uh, just a few points under Steve Eiserman, but his plus minus is unbelievable because he's, he's playing on the penalty kill and everything as well. So he's putting up points, playing on the penalty kill and everything. Um, but, uh, 
Iserman wins the the uh, the MVP um, in spite of his plus minus being like minus twenty eight or right. something like that. You know, so I I hate to get on my flyer soapbox here, but there's a it's been years like the the flyers have kind of been overshadowed for you know these uh you know these these types of awards yeah and if i mean like i don't think there's anybody on this team really that again when we talk about the fact that they don't really have a guy sitting at the top of like the points or the goals or anything Mm -hmm. like i get why there's no one in a real mvp conversation Mm -hmm. we're saying it's a team effort i can get behind that carter hart has pretty good numbers like i think he's you know right now even you know, fighting his way into the top 10 mm-hmm. goalie conversation, but he's not going to be up there for best goalie. But mm-hmm. the Alan Vigneault conversation, I think, is com- is like completely not happening enough. Mm-hmm. On there, I didn't even see him mentioned as a guy getting any kind of consideration mm-hmm. for coach of the year. And, like, how do you not, with what he's doing, again, with a mm-hmm. team that, by all accounts, really doesn't have that top-end talent, mm-hmm. it's a team effort, and there's been significant changes to their scheme that has obviously been implemented by him mm-hmm. and his coaching staff. Yeah, I'm assuming that, like, I haven't looked at, like, like who the, the 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 guys are in the running right now, but I'm assuming that um, the the dudes for uh, for Boston and Tampa would be in there at some capacity. I think it's um isn't uh, the Blues, which is still um uh, uh John um why why am I losing this? No, it's not Tortorella. Oh, I th- why did I think it was John? Isn't Tortorella? it um <laughs> it's somebody who was who, I, who was a Flyers assistant, isn't it? Oh God. There's so many teams now. Like, well, you know, we got the Kraken coming up too. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, recently, I, Did I feel they like I'm that kind name? of like remembering. I, I'm pretty sure it's the Kraken. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I saw like somebody asking, and that's the one that I like voted for because I think the that Kraken. Would be, yeah. Oh God. You I don't like it. Yeah. No. I, well, I mean, I hate the Golden Knights too. Yeah. It's the Kraken. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you don't like it, so you should be glad he's he's pointing out the, the fraud of it. Yeah, I. There we Jesus go. Jesus Christ, I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they should be the Kensington Kraken then. Oh Jesus. Um, Sorry. But yeah, I, I can't remember. I I can't remember who's coaching. But I mean, with all these teams, like I, I feel like I, I I'm not as in it as I as I used to be, where I knew like the coaches and the you know. I could tell you the you know, awful. My fault. That, that's a, that's a bad job on my end because I I, I should have wrote it down. And uh, if I didn't, it's okay. but uh, but but yeah, I mean, he, like he does. He didn't even have a single first place vote. I guess as far as like the people who pro- at least are projecting what they think mm-hmm. it'll be, and I, I think that conversation should be there. Um, but since we're saying that no one on the team like would be in the NHL MVP conversation. You know, to this point, like if you have to name the MVP of the team, who who would you name it as of now? For the Flyers? Yes, for the Flyers. Oh God. Um, I mean Hayes has really surprised me, but I mean, I feel like a lot of people are gonna say connecting. You know, I mean, just seeing seeing how he's grown as a player and everything, and, and what he's done this season, you know, and not even from like a points perspective, but like coming, you know, coming back and you know just being a two way player. Yep, it's been fantastic. You know, so I mean, you could easily say connecting from from that regard, but for you know, I think the surprise for me has been Kevin Hayes. You know, yeah. just. I think Kevin Hayes is like this jolt that they needed. Yeah. I think most people would say Konechny. I would say Couturier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's just forever going to be Dude. underrated. Yeah. Oh, by far. I mean, you know, they've been saying it for years, but he's another Patrice Bergeron. 
you know he's he doesn't get the the recognition like 59 points does. plus 22 and i think he's like literally the best face-off guy in the league mm -hmm. he's just shy of 60 percent which like other than guys who have won like one of one face-off mm -hmm. yeah like i tried to look for guys that had at least played like 20 something games at least yeah. like he he's right there like i think he has like the highest one it's and the, and the flyers are the best face-off team in the nhl yeah which Giroux has always been good, but it feels yeah. like it's been Giroux or bust. Mm -hmm. And now with Couturier but, emerging, like they well, have two incredible face well, keep, guys. Keep in mind too, um, and you know, not to kind of take away from from anything else that he's that he's done, but he's the guy when when they play who, the Pens, who, who, Giroux put, or, or Couturier, Coots. Okay, yeah, so they'll put Coots up against Crosby. Yep, you know, so. I mean, when you're going off the face-off to, you know, I hate to say it, you know, the, the greatest player in the in the league right, right now, you know, um, like, I mean, that, that says a lot. You know, I mean, that's that's confidence in... Um, and they play them, like, four times a year. It's not exactly. like he only has to see them once. Exactly. And that's a matchup he's had a lot of success with between yeah. Crosby and, and Malkin. Mm. And he's had, a, like, obviously there's been games where they just beat the shit out of us because they're that good, <laughs> and yeah. rightfully so, but, like... He's won those matchups a lot more than one you'd expect, and two more than almost mm -hmm. anybody in the anybody else yeah. in the league would. Yeah. And, and now he's really bringing that full round of game. Like when he came into the league as a guy that you knew could hold his own as a defensive center, mm -hmm. but you didn't know if he'd be able to get to the top and handle the scoring part. But yeah. clearly, he can. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been great getting to watch getting to watch him over the years, and and, and now seeing like, you know, and, and of course not just Coots, but just to see how his his game has developed is fantastic. So the last thing I had, because we've talked about pretty much everybody who has, has been an integral part of this turnaround, mm -hmm. except for the GM now, Fletcher. Mm -hmm. So were you a Hextall guy? Mm -hmm. uh, no. 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 So you, were you glad when they got rid of him? Yeah, absolutely. And what are your thoughts on Fletcher so far? He's doing all right. You know, again, I, I, I kind of wish that at the trade deadline this year he would have gotten, you know, someone bigger. But again, that's me being like, you know, oh, the Flyers haven't been in the news like this in a long time. Right. Let's, you know, let's get like that, you know. that. Yeah, you get hungry for it. It's understandable. Exactly, yeah. But I think, I, I really think that this year especially he's been smart about the moves. And especially over the summer last year, of course, you know. Right. Um, it's been pretty exciting. And it's, it's, it's surprising, again, because what he was doing with Minnesota was not working. You know, I mean, the Minnesota Wild have been, they've been at the cusp of being a cup contender, but have never been to the big show, you know, and a lot of it was like kind of the, some of the garbage moves that he made, you know, so yeah, I wasn't excited at first, but I would say, you know, seeing it now and how it's unfolded it's a thousand times better than, than Hextall. It's funny because, again, kind of tying it to the Sixers just for, like, my frame of reference and maybe some of the people that are going to listen, mm -hmm. a lot of people compared Ron Hextall to Sam Hankey. Mm -hmm. And Sam Hankey was, like, renowned by a good portion of Sixers fans and mm -hmm. then was, like, it, it, either you loved him or you thought mm -hmm. the process was complete shit and you hated what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And then it seemed like Hextall came in and all these Flyers fans, one, because Hextall obviously is, is a Flyers legend, so I think he just got a lot of <laughs> benefit of the doubt because he was a, a, yeah. a great goalie here, which has nothing to do with being a general manager obviously nothing, but no. he, he did have some success with the kings prior to coming here and we saw yeah. the kings win a cup and we saw you know carter and richards mm -hmm. go there and whatnot so i think there was a lot of reasons people got excited about it but yeah you know as a guy when when they said he was going to do it like i was pretty excited about it knowing that he he was a part of that king's turnaround mm -hmm. but 
there, I can't think of a single mm-hmm. thing that he he pretty much did the whole time that I was like, yeah, that was like almost everything was like, what what is he doing here? A lot of those moves were really weird. Who was the like they got a who was that center from Tampa they got last year, like Fl- Flipola or whatever? Oh, Philip, <laughs> Philipola, Philipola. Like yeah. he was complete um, garbage. Hated that. Like it seemed yeah, like so, I mean, like it didn't seem like he like the plan that he, he said he was going to come in and do. None of the moves aligned with that plan. And I honestly, like, I did not think they were going to pull the string on him as quick as they did. And, and I now I give them well, so much credit for it. Yeah. I mean, but in, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I've, I've kind of talked about Hextall, to, you know, since I've been, I don't know, like talking blue in the face. Yeah, but not, it, for, not for the people listening. No, no, that's true. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think. All 12 and I, a half I, of them. I, I, <laughs> I agree that there was a lot of hype, but I've never. I've never considered like, I, and I probably would piss off a lot of Flyers fans saying this, but I've never. Oh, that's what we're here for. Yeah, like they're just so, they're going to be mad we're even doing this. That's the funniest part. So, well, yeah. So, so for for me, I don't think, and again, pissing people off, which I'm I'm ready for. I don't think we've had this Welcome. great of a goaltender right now, as you know, uh, like Carter Hart since Pelly Lindbergh in the '80s. Granted, I wasn't alive in the '80s, so take it with a grain of salt. No, but like my like but, my stepdad was was like literally like showed me you know where I mean, unfortunately the accident happened and talked about how great Lindbergh was and I, a lot of people like I like people that I work with who who like yeah. the Flyers like bring up Lindbergh when they talk about he, this kid. Yeah, I mean, you know, like he was Bernie Perrant's like golden child, right. you know, and I don't think there's been this much excitement about a goalie, you know, since him. Um, Ron Hextall, like you can, you can, you know, think of his fights and everything like that and him, you know, um, you know, going after Chelios in the, uh, you know, the, the, the 87, you know, playoffs or whatever, but He's, for me, you know, even in 97, if you look back at that, and I was seven years old for that, so I can talk about well, this. Well, this, 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 that was the first time I had to deal, I think that was the first time I had to deal with the goalie rotation thing this team does, because it was him and Garth Snow, right? Yeah, um, but but even so, like, they would still ride, they would still ride Hextall more so than they are, you know, nowadays. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but when they got to, like, the playoffs, you would see them mm-hmm. switch these guys in and out, and it was so frustrating. Garth Snow sucked. Well, yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, you're also looking at a, you know, one of the, the most dominant teams of the 90s, and that's the Detroit Red Wings, the Red born Wings in 97 team. and 98. So, um, yeah, Iserman, Fedorov. Yeah, I mean, Brennan Shanahan. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Shanahan. I mean, it's, I mean that, that team was stacked, you know. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, even even for that, I don't think Hextall has been like this, like this legend that people make him out to be. It's really just because that he was this, like, fighter and everything. And, you know, when he was with the Kings, he was, he was an assistant GM and everything. So, yes, he was you know, uh, on the back end at some capacity, but he wasn't the guy, you know. So when he comes on and then all of a sudden he takes over, you know, we've seen what's happened, you know, in the past with, uh, you know, with GMs and the moves that they make. So you kind of just, like we did with Chuck Fletcher, like, all right, let's just see how it goes. And I like the idea of growing from within and everything, but um, obviously it didn't pan out for us for the years that we had him as the GM, you know. Um, We can attribute that to some of the, the, the Holmgren shit, you know that that played into it as well, but you know it wasn't all that uh, exciting. So, the, the 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 short answer, Chuck Fletcher, I'm, I'm I'm stoked about it right now. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, how can you, I mean with the success they're having? Obviously, everybody's yeah. gonna be, but I I know somebody like you could probably look at it in a bigger picture and and separate a nine game winning streak from mm-hmm. you know how has this guy done so far and mm-hmm. and you obviously know him from prior places where like I have no idea what this guy was doing before he <laughs> came okay. here. So. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about or anything. I guess we, we kind of did touch on the upcoming schedule. So, again, just to recap, you know, Boston comes here tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and they're at Tampa Thursday. We, we kind of talk. We'll be very happy just splitting this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if they, like, if they win both these games, the, the city might mm-hmm. already start to burn <laughs> because that's going to be 11 in a row, and back-to-back you beat the two best teams in the conference. But yeah. um, I guess if, if you had to guess, like, which one of these teams do you think is more winnable for them, or is there, what, do one of these teams scare you more than the other to face? I mean, Boston for me, um, I think Pasternak is a – He's been phenomenal, you know. Um, he's and and I, 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 he's a he's a guy that you you hate him when he's not on your team. You know, if I were if I were a Bruins fan, I'd you know, fucking Pasternak, you know, <laughs> fucking Marchand out there. That's like, two accents I, you've I, done you tonight know, already. We've got Boston it's a, and Canada. It's a big conundrum. I mean, when you you know when you get out of uh, New Jersey, there's who talk my cigars? <laughs> other people to make fun of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say Boston might be the harder of the two, but again, I mean, it's at home both, at least. Yeah, I mean, both both Tampa and Boston have been scary this season. So, um, I mean, we'll see what happens. But the big thing is they can't let those. If they win either of those games, they can't let it go to their heads. I mean, right. That's that's a given, you know, because they could they could be on cloud nine after winning one of those games, and then you know go in with all the confidence and play. I don't know the, the Arizona Coyotes. Well, that's what I thought. It. That's what scared me about the Buffalo game this weekend, which I was glad mm-hmm. to see them get through because it felt you know you go in winning eight straight, mm-hmm. you would beat the Rangers twice, you would beat the Capitals. Like mm-hmm. something told me that that was kind of a. Tr- I thought they were going to lose the Capitals game, yeah. like close. I almost bet it, and then I'm like, <laughs> I don't bet hockey, and thank God. That's a good call. Yeah, don't bet hockey. Yeah, don't yeah. ever bet hockey, but. The Buffalo game then scared me, and I was like, oh, my, like, I just didn't want to deal with, oh, my God, like, they lost to Buffalo, mm-hmm. like, after all, because, like, that, that's unfortunate. That's just Philadelphia. It's not, it's not even a Flyers yeah. fan rip. Sixers are the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, it, every team, the Eagles are the same way. Phillies are kind of the same way. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just how it goes. But So, yeah. I, like I said, I think that people will be fine with either one of these. But uh, to your point, so I don't – I feel like when you can – keep on a streak like that and like a, a trap game like that doesn't get you I think it also correlates the same way where like no single win is gonna go to their head because again like they beat the Capitals are, are now in like first place in the division and it mm-hmm. didn't throw them off yeah at least so far so yeah I mean uh, like the concern is valid but I, I have faith yeah. and again we talked about you know having a guy like Kevin Hayes in the locker room having all, all these guys in the locker room I mean Jeroen now has been the captain for a couple of years he's been yeah. here for so long you got enough guys in there that can keep the young guys at like this even keel of like don't get cocky and it's know? funny too because Couturier is such a veteran even at like 22 23 years old like <laughs> he's been on the team for a few years and he just seems like this like cool collective guy that like yeah. I also think is probably such a great presence in that locker room Absolutely. so uh it's awesome um yeah man Mason thank you so much first episode of Pucks and Potables out of the way uh I hope Flyers fans are happy that people are talking about the team yeah. here we are you want content you're pissed off that sports radio doesn't want to talk about them and that when they do it's a total fucking bait and Mike Missanelli's sitting there acting like you know he's the fucking biggest uh, hockey mark in the world because yeah. he's a dumb cunt but uh yo just tell, <laughs> tell oh yeah really I've been feel, blocked man. by him man everybody's blocked by him yeah. just calling people idiots but yeah, um, so, you know, we'll talk about it. I, I want, I, you know, we're four for four, five for five, so, so Borton doesn't get mad here in, in, his, in his full union onesie thing. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's exciting. I, I'm yeah. excited. My favorite thing, I, I think it was two years ago, was the fact that, 
you know, I was able to go to a Flyers playoff game at, at one o'clock, and I went to a Phillies game at eight o'clock. I'm already posting that on Facebook. My yeah. dream this year is that I get to go to you know either Flyers or Sixers in the afternoon, and the other mm-hmm. one at night. So I'm excited for both teams to get in there. Mm-hmm. I I think both uh, you know I still believe in my Sixers. We absolutely buy into this Flyers season. I think they can both make some noise, and and I think we can just enjoy all of it and be happy and and you know. Sports in Philadelphia can actually be fun. And if you're not a Flyers fan, hop on the fucking bandwagon. Yeah, now's yeah, now's the time. Everybody's in Steve's wearing a fucking, you know, sixth graders Flyers hat, so everybody everybody's joining the party. That, that's sure he makes a great point so again Mason thank you very much appreciate you coming on and, and dropping me. some knowledge uh, we gotta got do this again man absolutely yeah anytime so for Mason I'm Dan this is Pucks and Potables thanks everybody for listening and uh, go Flyers go Flyers